Trigger warning, this podcast episode is about suicide. If you find that you are triggered by listening to this episode, immediately stop it and do what you need to do to take care of yourself, whether that's contacting a loved one or contacting your therapist or your psychiatrist. Um, If you need to reach out to a support group um, in your area, you can contact the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Their link will be in the show notes. You can also reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is also in the show notes, or the Crisis Text Line. Again, this episode may be triggering for some people, and if you find that you are triggered, please stop it immediately. Now, let's get into this episode. Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with mental illness and to normalize the mental health conversation. So happy Monday. It's a new week and I am ecstatic to be here. Y'all, last week on January 1st, Fireflies Unite, we celebrated two years in podcasting. Yay! I'm super, super excited because as I've stated before, it's so easy to start a podcast, but it's extremely hard to remain consistent. And of course, life happens and sometimes I may get the episode out a little bit earlier, but for, I would say, 90 Seven to 98% of the time, you all get your episodes on Monday. So thank you for rocking with me. To my OG listeners who have been listening since day one, thank you for your support. And if you're new, thank you for your support too. I also want to remind you all, please complete that survey to help your girl out. When you enter the survey about the podcast, I'm just looking for feedback. I'm looking for ways to improve the podcast. And I'm looking to know the things that y'all need to, y'all probably be like, Kia girl, stop doing that. And let's improve it by doing this because this podcast is for y'all and it's less about me. So I want to make sure y'all get in topics that y'all, you know, you'll be able to, um, I can speak to topics that you want to learn more about. And if you have a great story and you think you will be a great fit, you can feel free to send your pitch to Kia at FireFliesUnite.com. Our audience is growing and I am so ecstatic to, to, to say that. It's just it's extremely amazing to be able to start something from the ground and just plant a seed and slowly watch it start to sprout. So I'm extremely excited and grateful. And also know that when you enter the survey, um, when you complete it, you actually enter your chance to get a copy of my book or $50 Amazon gift card. So I'm just saying as a little incentive for y'all. And as I've said, the podcast is two years and we're approaching our 100th episode. 
in a couple of weeks. And last week, I actually said that it was the 95th episode. It was actually the 96th episode. So today is the 97th episode. Oh my gosh, I am super, super excited. So thank you so much to everyone who has completed the survey, who has provided me with feedback. Thank you to anyone who shared it with a friend, who's reached out to me via email, who's um, shared it in their stories on Instagram, who have shared it on Facebook, who's tweeted me on Twitter. Y'all just thank you. I don't think sometimes people don't understand how much um, hearing feedback, how encouraging it is for me. Um, And so just thank you so much. I am truly, truly grateful. And so on today's episode, we are going to talk about something that recently happened actually a week ago from today and there was no way there was no way that I could have a podcast about mental health and mental illness and not speak to current events things that are actually currently happening in black and brown communities if you are new listening to this podcast let me just backtrack a little bit The reason why I talk about mental health and mental illness, one is because I want people to understand that there is a difference in mental health and mental illness. We all have mental health, just like we all have physical health. We all have financial health and our current psychological, you know, and emotional state. And that can be having great mental health or having poor mental health. Just like you can have great physical health or you can have poor physical health. Now, when your mental health is poor, a lot of times it develops into a mental illness such as depression or major depressive disorder, such as post-traumatic stress disorder, such as bipolar disorder, and so on and so forth. And so I like people to understand that we need to normalize mental health because if we normalize mental health then people will do things be able to get the help that they need before things develop to a mental illness or people can just be proactive in taking care of their mental health you do not need a mental health diagnosis to seek professional help let me say that again you do not need a mental illness or a mental disorder to seek professional help. Going to therapy or getting any form of mental health treatment can be you going to therapy or seeing someone just so that you can be proactive. You go to the doctor every year for your annual checkup. So why not see someone that can help your brain and your brain controls everything in your everything in your body. So I just like to make that disclaimer so people understand that mental health and mental illness are not the same, but we all should do our part to take care of it, whether we have a diagnosis or not. So now that that's also, so now that that is out of the way, let us get into today's topic. So last Monday, I don't know if you all heard about this story, but last Monday, something tragic happened and When I say it struck me to my stomach and just thinking about it, 
my stomach. Like, it's, it's just so sad. So last uh, Monday, 17-year-old Bryce Gowdy, he jumped in front of a train and his death was ruled as a suicide. And so let me tell you a little bit about Bryce. Bryce, he was a 17-year-old high school student who graduated early um, so that he could start um, Georgia Tech. And actually last week, I believe he was supposed to start at Georgia Tech. He got a football scholarship and he was very excited about going to start his college career. At least that's what his family said. But the sad part is that his family was facing homelessness for almost six months. And so Bryce was the oldest brother. I believe he had two younger brothers. And his mother was, um, they were kind of hotel hopping, staying at different hotels. I don't know the, the specifics of what led to them being homeless, but I do know that the mom said in her Facebook live video that I believe has been deleted now that she was asking for help for months. I don't know the mom's situation or her the type of relationship that she have with her parents um, or if like, I don't know all of those details. So there are so many factors that go into this. But the reason why I want to talk about Bryce's story is because there it's to raise awareness about this tragedy and then just really to have this discussion to talk about what do you all think that we can do? So in the Facebook post with his mom, she told him that you have to dig within and fight these demons that you're fighting. And she also said in the Facebook post that she was battling her own demons, so she couldn't really help her son. She said that his energy that he had was extremely intense. And at times it would be too much for her to handle. And I believe the day before or that night before, she just really couldn't take his energy. She said that she would get so, like, I believe she either said her stomach was hurting or it would just like hurt her heart. Because as the oldest, he felt a lot of pressure to make sure that his mother and his siblings were okay. And that's a lot of pressure for a 17-year-old. And the story hit home to me because I thought about my brothers. I am the oldest of five children. I'm sorry. I'm the oldest of seven, not five. I'm the oldest of seven children, but I have five brothers. And they all are teenagers, all five of my brothers. So actually a lot. One of them is 28. I have four brothers who are teenagers. And so I was like, this could have easily been my brother because my family um, has dealt with um, a similar situation. And 
he had big dreams. Bryce had big dreams of becoming famous. And it's just so sad to see that this tragedy happened because his mother also needed help and she did not get the help that she needed, not just financially, but mentally as well and emotionally is what she needed. And so you see the connection that there is actually a higher risk for someone to die by suicide when they are homeless. Because you have to think about it, that a person is not only dealing with the the stress of being homeless, but it can easily trigger other things such as depression. And so his mom said that he had been talking in circles and asking questions a lot about life and God and spirituality days before his suicide. And he wanted to know if his mom, his siblings would be okay in his absence. And so what happened was his mom sent him to the car for her favorite blanket. This is what she said in her Facebook video. And he did not return. And so she was panicking, trying to figure out where he went. And she couldn't sleep. And eventually she got the phone call at four o'clock in the morning that someone was hit by a train, but she did not know that it was her son. But she did say that she felt like in her, you know, that she felt like that it was her son, even though she wasn't sure there was no confirmation. And so she went to the hospital and they gave her a piece of paper, she said, with a detective number on it. And she broke down and she started crying. She said that her son was happy for his future, extremely happy, but he couldn't shake the difficulty of his family's circumstances. And he just, again, felt a lot of pressure as being the oldest. Um, there was a deal... Deerfield Beach alumnus who mentors some of the football players um, for the high school football team that Bryce played for. And he said that Bryce always seemed easygoing and he was easy to get along with. And he was one of the leaders of the team. He was one of the guys who they were getting ready, um, who would, they would get ready for the game. He was always would always fire them up, like, you know, during that pregame time to get them really pumped up and excited about the game. So he said that you got the indication that he was clearly one of the leaders on his team. And so in Bryce's final tweet a day before his death, he posted a picture with his family and he said, family matters. Can't wait to get to ATL soon. No one caught on to the fact that Bryce was crying out for help. I think sometimes in the Black community, we look at depression as a weakness or we think that it's the same as sadness. And depression and sadness are not the same. I have an entire chapter on it in my book because I want people to be able to differentiate the two. I even have an episode on the difference between depression and sadness. They are not the same. And so... As a person who has survived suicide and as the oldest of five brothers, like I said, Bryce's story really brought tears to my eyes. I cried 
when I watched his mother in that video because I know what it's like to feel hopeless and I know what it's like to feel like you were, death would be so much easier than being alive. I know what that is like. And I started struggling with suicidal thoughts at 12 years old. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you know my testimony, you know my story. And the unfortunate part about this story with Bryce is that there is an increase of suicides among Black children. But unfortunately, Bryce's story is the story of so many Black and Brown children, such as, you know, my 14-year-old cousin, Najaron Holmes, um, eight-year-old Imani McCray, eight-year-old Gabrielle Tay, and 10-year-old Ashante Davis. They all died by suicide. And these are children under the age of 15. The rate of suicide attempts among Black children is just has skyrocketed. And it was actually published in a um, in the trends of suicidal behaviors among high school students in the United States from 1991 to 2017 was published by the journal Pediatrics. And there was even an article by CVS that self-reported suicide attempts for Black adolescents has rose by 73%. Y'all, 73%? Like, that is, it's breathtaking. It's beyond sad. There are no words that can describe the pain a mother goes through when she has to bury her child. Especially from suicide because it leaves the parents and loved ones thinking, what could I have done differently? Where where did I fail? And it's sad because his mom also needs some mental health support. And, but the thing is, in comparison to white adolescents, the suicide rate, suicide rate has fell or dropped rather 7.5% over the same period. So these findings are based on data from nearly 200,000 high school students from the nationally represented youth risk behavior survey. And like I said, so many black and brown people believe that the only cure for mental illness, such as depression, is to pray it away. And we view depression as um, as suicide, I'm sorry. We view suicide as a white thing or a sign of weakness. When the truth is that blacks are dealing with generational trauma, Trauma from slavery in the Jim Crow era, whether we realize it or not. Unhealthy patterns, behavior patterns, and unhealthy thinking, it continues to be passed down from generation to generation. But I think it's also important to realize that previous generations didn't have the resources that we have today. 
They didn't have the time to heal and to focus on mental health because their primary focus was on surviving from day to day. We were taught how to survive. We were not taught how to thrive as black and brown people. And so the church was a form of therapy and in many cases still is. And how many of our ancestors has made it through tumultuous and challenging times, but distressing and uncontrollable and traumatic events such as homelessness, like I said, will increase a person from uh, decrease their risk of developing depression and dying by suicide and developing a mental um, an anxiety disorder. Um, and so individuals who's also had a previous attempt or a loved one die by suicide or a art organized plan are at a higher risk of suicide. And I don't think people realize that. So yes, I am at a higher risk of dying by suicide because I have a previous suicide attempt. I'm also at a higher risk because I've lost my cousin to suicide. So it's, it's just this story just brings so much to the forefront. And if you know me, you know that I am doing my best. I've made it a part of my mission to educate Black and Brown communities on mental illness and what mental health is through my book, through this podcast, um, by speaking at conferences, because I want to show people who look like me that it is okay to pray and go to therapy and that seeking mental health treatment does not mean that you lack faith in God. And it does not mean that you are weak. It actually makes you strong for admitting that you need help. We all need help sometimes in our lives. No one can do it alone. And so that term self-made does not exist. I don't know who came up with it, but it's not real. It's not a real thing because we all need help at some point in our life. And so the biggest thing, the question remains, what can we do? But the thing is, the answer is not simple. It's it's so complex. But if each person does their part, it can have a ripple effect on our community. I have suggested this before in another podcast episode. Get certified in mental health first aid. And mental health is a course that teaches you how to identify the signs of substance use disorders and mental illness and how to adequately assist someone who is unwell or becoming unwell. You can find a mental health first aid training on mentalhealthfirstaid.org and I'll include the link in the show notes. And if you're in the D.C. area, um, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Northern Virginia area, I also um, am in it. I'm an instructor and you can take one of the courses that I offer in the area. And you can also, if you want to take it a step further, you can become an instructor. It's a national program. The unfortunate thing that the common myths about suicide is that we think that we will put the idea in the person's mind and the person who talks about suicide is not serious. However, we don't realize that talking about suicide may be a way for the person to indicate how bad the person is feeling. There are so many things that we need to help us. We need cultural, aware mental health professionals to understand that the Black experience in America is very different than people who are not of color. We battle with microaggressions. We have an entire system and country that's working against us. And as I've stated before, we are dealing with the trauma 
of slavery and segregation, and it must be acknowledged. So when people say get over it, it happened so long ago, it's not impacting us. They're wrong, they're lying, and it is. There is a need for more clinicians of color, um, better mental health treatment in low-income communities, and education in the schools on mental health, wellness, and self-care. And so I am doing my part by, of course, the podcast and all the things that I'm doing, but I also have some other things that are in the works that I will be doing that will target specifically suicide among Black and brown children. Last year, I had a panel and an event on called Save Our Babies, and we interviewed a mom who lost her son to suicide, and we talked about what resources and what can be done. And so it was important. I had an entire episode on us knowing the signs of suicide. And so if you didn't listen to that, I would encourage you to go back, but I will definitely state some of them so that if you didn't hear that episode, you can know what some of those signs are. And I can include that link for that episode in the show notes as well. But in many cases, there are warning signs, such as threatening to kill or hurt themselves, seeking access to the means, whether that's the gun or the pills, talking or writing about it, death or dying or suicide on social media, feeling hope and hopeless or lacking purpose or acting recklessly or engaging in risky activities, feeling trapped or increasing drug and alcohol use, isolating, withdrawing from family and friends. And of course, a person could be demonstrating rage and anger or seeking revenge. They will be appearing agitated and having a dramatic change in their mood. So a person can be extremely depressed and hopeless, and then they will be extremely happy because at that point, maybe they are at peace with the decision that suicide is a solution and that it is the best option for them. So those are some of the signs, but how can we help a loved one who is suicidal? So I've also talked about this before, but for the sake of, um, In honor of Bryson, I I really wanted to speak to this because someone may not have listened to that episode. And so I I really want to speak to this because I think it's important that parents and anyone know what's the thing to say. Things to say to people, how can I help you? I'm concerned about you. Ask someone, are you suicidal or do you have a plan? And um, offer the suicide prevention lifeline. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. I'll also include that in the show notes, as well as the crisis text line, which is 741741. Things not to say to people is you're being selfish. You'll go to hell. I know exactly how you feel. You have to be strong or someone has it worse than you. That's not helpful. And also, if you want to make a donation to support um, Bryce's family and his funeral arrangement, you can go to the GoFundMe page and I'll also include that link in the show notes. And it's just my 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 prayer is that the work that I am doing will help to prevent suicide in our community, especially our babies. You have babies that are five years old that don't want to live. Five and eight years old who are thinking about dying. And so This is just my small piece in dismantling the stigma through the projects that I'm currently working on, through the things that I have coming up, because we all can do our part. I can't do it all by myself. The therapists can't do it all by by themselves. 
we all can do our part. So I'm not sure what your part is. Your part can be becoming trained in mental health first aid. Your part can be becoming an instructor to teach the uh, class. Your part can be being a support to a loved one and knowing the right things to say. Your part can be sharing this podcast episode with someone. Your part can be reaching out to someone and helping them find a therapist. There's so many ways, so many things that we can do. And so I just wanted to speak to this tragedy because as difficult as it is to talk about this and as heartbreaking it is that this young man who had a very promising future, life was cut short because because of whatever reasons, such as people around them not identifying the signs or people not helping them, his family, and giving them access to the resources or the lack of resources that there are in our communities. And so I really wanted to speak to that. May Bryce rest in peace. I am speaking healing and peace and wholeness to his family and his community and those who are impacted by his unfortunate death. And I also want to just have a brief moment to let anyone know who is listening to this episode, if you are contemplating suicide, please reach out for help. Please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Please text the crisis text line or go to the nearest hospital, contact a relative and let them know. Somebody that you trust. It doesn't even have to be a relative. I am a person who has survived suicide and I never thought that I would experience better days. Do I still struggle? Yes. But my days are so much better than they were in the past. As cliche as it sounds, there is hope. And I know from experience because I know what it's like to be hopeless and wanting to die. There are times I wanted to die in my sleep and just didn't want to wake up. So if that's you, there are resources. There are there are people who can help you. You are not alone. It's okay to not be okay. And nothing is your fault. So I want to just bring in the fireflies so we can get into our self-care and wellness segment. And the only thing that I ask for us to do for this week's self-care segment, have a moment of silence to honor Bryce's life and or make a donation to his family to help pay for the funeral costs and also funds that can help the family find a place to live. It could be as little as $1, $5. If you have $20, $100, $500, $1,000, whatever you have donated to help the family if you can. No amount is too small because it goes a long way. Like I said, if each person does something, it has a ripple effect. So if you have five people that donate $5, that's $25. If you have five people that donate $10, that's $50. 
So whatever your part is, just just I want to encourage you to do that. Because every little bit helps. And like I said, just take a moment of silence to pray for his family or just to honor Bryce. And I will be doing both of those, actually. I will be making a contribution to the GoFundMe page and I will also have a moment of silence. Just because I want to continue to do my small part. Like I said, I can't do it alone. But if we all come together and do a little part, it has a big impact. There's power and impact in numbers. And so for this week's therapist shout out, I would like to shout out a therapist who reached out to me. Um, I was actually featured or quoted in an article by NBC News that spoke to the increase of suicide among Black children. And I was quoted in that article and the therapist reached out to me. And so I wanted to give this therapist a shout out. And um, the name of her practice is Family Counseling. And her name, I'm not sure how to say her last name, but her first name is Sonia. I'm not sure if it's Sonia or Sonia. Um, last name is Belletti. And she is based in North Miami, Florida. So if you're in that area and you're listening to this podcast or you know someone in the area, send them the link to family counseling so that they can get the help that they need. This, she offers couples therapy. She offers play therapy, family therapy, and psychoeducation, along with other services. And so I wanted to shout out Sonia or Sonia. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name wrong. Um, Belletti. So that you can get the help that you need or uh, send this to a loved one so they can get the help that they need. And again, let her know that Kia of the Fireflies Unite podcast sent you over all right y'all that wraps up another week another episode of fireflies unite the podcast and i am extremely grateful and happy that you decided to check this podcast out share it on social media share it with someone who you believe it will be beneficial to them well have a blessed week and thank you for listening I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health, but please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.